0: You know, thinking of things such as integrity, you begin to see that a loss of integrity is something this society strives to induce in everybody, in every single citizen that exists within all of our nations, and it is this loss of integrity which has, in a large part, led to the current human predicament. And that may be a strange thing for people to look at. I mean, most people might hear that and think, well, hang on a minute, Max, I've got integrity, I'm a good person. But really there's a high harmonic because you might be a good person. But in regard to the system, the system itself has no integrity. And as I've said previously, when you have a psychopath that is in control of a system or a business or a corporation or a system of government or a nation or anything, then the morality of the psychopath becomes the morality of those who operate within the parameters of the system they have constructed. And therefore, even though we may be people of integrity who wish to always operate in a manner that exhibits integrity, when we are forced to operate within the parameters of the system, we simply can't do it because the system doesn't work that way. You know, the system forces us to step outside of our integrity in order to perform everyday business actions, And if we were to maintain our integrity within the system, within our workings in the system, the system simply couldn't function. Of course, what prevents people from doing this very often is a fear of losing their jobs if they step outside the lines their company dictates. And again, this is because the company is based usually on psychopathic parameters, whereby when you start operating with any type of integrity within those systems, you simply don't fit the system and they replace you and put someone in there who is more likely to do what they want. But the point is that if we were to maintain our integrity in all that we do through our lives, we would see that we don't really need to support the system at all because by supporting the system, we are forced every day in almost every action that we do to step outside of our moral compass and to essentially place our integrity aside. We kind of leave that at the doorway when we clock on in the mornings and pick it up from our lockers when we take the bus home. And that's not really the way we should be doing things. If we were to operate within these parameters of integrity all the time and apply these parameters to our everyday actions, even in the workspace, we would heal the world very, very quickly. And again, what prevents people from doing this generally is fear, when really if they were to simply stay always within their moral compass and ask the right questions then they need have no guilt in their actions and so therefore they should have nothing to fear because it really isn't about maintaining your position in whatever company you're working in the goal really is to expose these companies for what they are because they're not really anything that we need at all not when you understand how reality works and what the human species really is, and what we are really capable of. You know, this entire social system, the entire economic system, our factories, everything we do, everything about Western society is completely wrong. And there's not too much that we do right at all, really, when you look at it. When you look at ancient civilization, you look at how the world has been run in the past, and you look at some of the accomplishments of some of the past civilizations that we had here, or the past civilization that we had here, the one that we've got now is this prefab thrown together monstrosity and underneath it all is a human slavery system and we really do need to recognise this what it is and step back into our moral compass and start operating always within integrity and having no guilt in what we do. You know, we need to question authority folks. We need to question what we're doing, question the direction this system is going and stop being led into all these theatres of conflict and all this rubbish that our governments are leading us into because all of it theater, as I've said so often, this is just one big criminal family that all work together to put us into the state that we're in. And they're leading us further and further into this control grid. So it's important that we deal with that, but it's also important that we don't allow ourselves to be led into theaters of conflict within the independent media as well, because that's what all of this trolling is about. It's to lead you into theaters of conflict on the videos that you post and in the discussions that you get into So nothing ever really gets discussed. It's all accusations leading to arguments, leading to distrust. It's all about divide and conquer, and it's all a distraction from the real issue at hand, which is the fact that the world is run by criminals, and they're locking their criminal system down around us right now. And we need to seriously stop squabbling with each other and pay attention to this predicament we are currently in. We need to step back into our integrity, folks, and deal with this situation. And really that's all it will take for people to do in order for us to deal with it. You know, and people shouldn't be in fear of speaking out and asking the right questions. They should be more concerned about the direction our politicians are leading us and realize that we don't have to do any of this. And for anybody who's traveled the world the way I have, I'm sure you've seen, and for any of those who do travel will see, that there isn't anybody anywhere who wants to go to war. There's nobody anywhere in any country that wants to invade you or wants to kill you. All of these conflicts are cooked up by government and they're all contrived and they're all done for a reason. And all of this stuff is pretty well being exposed now if we can start banding together in some way, stop hacking each other down, as I said on the show last week. And when I say band together, I'm not saying create some sort of a movement. We don't need a movement. We don't need any leaders in this. But we do need some sort of unity of focus. We really do. That's the big problem with the entire resistance is that it has no focus. Everybody's hacking each other down because they have a different opinion to them or they're investigating a different rabbit hole to them. And we've just got to put all this stuff aside because we are in a state of clear and present danger. So... Put all these differences aside, we're all facing the same fate here. I mean, even the people who work within all these corrupt industries, as I said, many of the people in lower levels of government and lower levels of Hollywood and lower levels of media and all this sort of stuff really don't know what they're swimming in. A lot of it is the big wigs, the T V news anchors and hosts of big variety shows and talk shows. I mean I'm pretty sure most of them know what's going on. But a lot of the small friars, they don't know what they're swimming in. And many of these people appear to be waking up to the fact that something's terribly wrong. So I think we've got a huge opportunity here, ladies and gentlemen, if we can get a little bit of focus. I mean, the thing is when these people wake up and they start going public, they need support from the independent media. But again, a further problem is that even though many of them are waking up, many of them still believe there is some sort of political remedy to be found. And a lot of the independent media still believes there is some sort of political remedy to be found. But the fact of the matter is that there isn't. We're never going to get any remedy from government because that is not what government is structured to provide. That is not the purpose of government. The fact is that we don't need government at all. And as I alluded to on the show last week, if you really start going down the rabbit hole and you're prepared to think right outside the box and you really start looking at things and connecting the dots, it would appear that government hasn't actually been here for very long anyway. And we really don't need any of these things, folks. There is no remedy to be found in government, and there never will be. In fact, all the problems that we face all come from the hand of government. And the fact that they do, well, it should be a little bit of an indication to everybody that that is the purpose of government, to create problems, to limit human potential, and to create the situation that the world is now in. Otherwise, the world would not be in this situation. And that is why there will never, ever be any remedy to be found in government. But still, people do enter into that system, good people who do want to make change, and they believe it will work, and that is why they enter into that system. So we've got to be careful who we're judging and look at what their actions are and take into account the system that they are forced to operate within. And also bear in mind that they are probably completely unaware that they are going to be forced to operate within psychopathic parameters once they enter into that system. And then even when they're operating under those parameters, very often they just see it as economic parameters or bureaucratic parameters. They don't ever step back and look at the bigger picture and simply ask why any of this is there to begin with. That's the thing, you see problem is that even people who want to make change, good people who enter within the system, people who get jobs as politicians or whatever, very often they want to make a difference, but then they're forced to operate within completely corrupt parameters, which have no integrity, and force them to operate outside their moral compass. And very often in this situation, they're getting such a high pay that they're prepared to put a few of their morals down and sort of do what they're told because they like the paycheck they're getting. If they are someone who won't accept the paycheck and want to maintain their morals, well, they'll just get squeezed out and end up a back bench of somebody not being able to do anything. And if there's someone who really takes to the system and likes the whole concept, then they'll get taken to a nice party somewhere and they'll get compromised in a brownstone operation so that the hand at the top has some dirt on them and then they'll get promoted to a position of power to always do what they're told from that point. And that's the way it works, folks. You know, everybody who works within the system is corrupt, but those who have any position of authority are all compromised before they get that position or very soon after they gain that position, otherwise they wouldn't have the position. But it isn't that everybody within the system is compromised. They all just think the system is real. That's the problem, and what we need to do is try to find a way of reaching these people and help them to understand what they're actually swimming in. But that's the way it works, folks, and that's why you'll never get any remedy from government or through the legal system or anything. I mean, all the legal action that we would care to mount against anybody within the system, the only thing we can really hope to gain from it is to demonstrate to the people around us just how corrupt the system is and how little remedy it is prepared to provide to people because the system isn't there to provide remedy for people, it's there to tie them up in red tape and to provide escape mechanisms for the politicians who are committing the crimes. And the best hope we've got with any type of legal action that we take is simply demonstrating this to the people around us because that may help them see the fiction that they're living in and the fiction that they allow to control their lives. Now the big problem is that most people don't even realise they're doing this because they believe the system is real and the best thing we can do is demonstrate to them that it's all fiction and they don't really have to be doing any of this anyway. And it's really not that hard to do, folks. It really isn't. When you look at the system, you step back and look at it. I mean, they've certainly given us a lot of fuel to be able to demonstrate to people exactly what it is that we're all swimming in. I mean, there's certainly no shortage of corruption and backward legislation in our societies and if people really start to think about what it means to be a human being perhaps they'll start to ask these questions and all you've really got to do i believe is to point out the obvious to people that's really all i've ever done on these radio shows is just point out the obvious to people i mean nothing about the system has any integrity government certainly doesn't have any integrity folks i mean little london government for example The government of Theresa May spent, what, £1.8 million or £2 million or something on fireworks for the New Year's Eve display over Christmas and New Year period of 2017-18. And over that period, 10,000 Britons died of cold because they were stuck without being able to afford heating in their houses or they were simply left out in the cold somewhere homeless to die. And the government could have fixed all of these problems. The government could have spent that 1.8 million or 2 million pounds on providing heating for the poorer people of their society. But the government isn't about providing anything for their society. The government is about squeezing their society out of existence and slowly depopulating the planet. The government did very well last year. They managed to depopulate 10,000 over Christmas simply by denying them access to normal heating. This is completely reprehensible, and it shows that you have a government that is run according to psychopathic parameters. Look at the U.S. government. It's the same thing. In the U.S., so many people are homeless in the United States. The medical system in the United States, you've got to sell them an arm and a leg in order to fix up the other arm and the leg. It's ridiculous. You pay through the nose, go and sell your kidneys or something in order to fix a cut in your foot. And it happens all over the world the Australian government is all about depopulation with its vaccine program what it calls its intervention laws in the Northern Territory which are simply apartheid laws the horrendous actions of family services in Australia the horrendous action of the Centrelink department in Australia in penalising people of their payments just doing essentially everything they can to make things as hard as they possibly can for the citizens of Australia the rollout of 5G, the smart grid, the smart meters, everything they're doing, and the chemical spraying in the skies in all of our countries, which is just continuing and continuing and continuing. You know, this entire system has no integrity, and this entire system is held up by us because we are forced to operate outside our moral compasses in order to support the system. You know, if we were to maintain our integrity through our lives and every action that we do, the system simply couldn't function. It's as simple as that. It's just a scary prospect for people because everyone is scared of losing their jobs because they don't have the support of the community around them because everyone's kept in a state of scarcity. Everyone's got to feed off everybody else in order to scrape their way through existence. And all of this has been set up, folks. The whole thing is a scam and we need to stop participating in it. We really do again, as I was alluding to last week, there's every indication that this system has not really been in place for that long anyway. There's every indication that our history is very, very different to what we think it is, and that there was quite recently a worldwide civilization that existed on this earth. Now, when I say worldwide, perhaps not completely worldwide, perhaps there were pockets of more primitive areas, such as in the jungles of Peru, in the jungles of Thailand, and perhaps in the Philippines and places like this. But there is every indication that there was a very advanced culture that was a worldwide culture and that it existed not too long ago. This would be the culture that many people would refer to as Atlantis, I suppose. But even looking at Atlantis, I think many people have a misconception of Atlantis as well. Many people would perceive Atlantis to be an island that sank in the Atlantic Ocean or something like that, but I would more consider the possibility that Atlantis, though there may have been land sunk, it was more of a worldwide culture because really, if you start looking around the world, you'll find that there are sunken ruins everywhere. There's sunken ruins in the Mediterranean, there's sunken ruins off the coast of America, the Bimini wall, there's sunken ruins off the coast of Indonesia, off the coast of Japan, all sorts of places, ladies and gentlemen, there's far more ruins below the ocean than we would ever care to imagine. Even if you look on Google Earth, some of the weird lines that you see from some of the ocean mapping that they've done, I mean, if these photos are real, they used to comprise the images that we see in Google Earth, and if you look at the land shots, well, there's every indication that they may be, you do see some very, very weird, what appear to be structures. You see very, very strange parallel lines and grid patterns and all sorts of stuff through the oceans. So... Even on the maps that we find today, modern mapping techniques, we're seeing some very, very strange things beneath the ocean. And as I said, folks, there appears to have once been a very well-organized and highly advanced civilization that existed on this earth There was a very, very different civilization to the one that we have now. Very likely a civilization that lived very much in harmony With other civilizations, it does not appear that there was any war until some event that happened. And very interesting, in a lot of these old civilizations as well, you don't find things such as government buildings. You find areas that may have been used for prayer or worship or learning or gathering, but nothing that would appear was an administration center in many of these ancient civilizations until you get to places such as Sumer, of course, which appeared to be a center of commerce and everything that we stand against. So that's something else. But looking at the structure of some of the civilizations or the layout of some of the cultures that we find around, say, Peru or Central America, even in the Middle East, these places don't really appear that they had any real administration. They seemed more like places of gathering, places of trade, places of worship. But more importantly, it very much appears to be a worldwide network of cultures that all interacted with each other because they all display similar architectural qualities in all of the buildings. I mean, of course, there are some that appear that they had palaces and places such as this, but they're not really things that we would perceive to be government buildings. Even some of the stuff that we're shown in what we're told is the Roman culture, it's questionable whether these forums were... Really meeting places of politicians, or whether they were simply places where philosophers gathered, where matters were discussed, when things needed to be discussed. You know, the whole system that we're told is the evolution of government as it stands today. We're told this started long, long ago and evolved into what we have now. There's no real evidence to back this up. I mean, sure, there's certain books and things, but who wrote these books? How do we know these books are true? How can we verify the validity of any of the information contained in them? I mean, all the books were rewritten, all the originals were burnt and the massive book burnings that happened. It was always the copies that managed to survive and what was written in the copies. How do we know these books weren't written simply to construct the history that they want us to believe? And It isn't like it hasn't been done before. You know, how do we know anything they tell us is true, because nothing they tell us about the present is true, so why would anything they're telling us about the past be true? Most especially in regard to the ruins and the structures that we find around the world and what these may have been used for. You know, a lot of the stuff that they tell us these buildings were used for may well have been used for completely different purposes. And government may indeed be, in fact, a very, very recent addition to the human experience. You know, it's been a really interesting journey the last few months since finding out about this mud flood that's gone across Europe that I've mentioned to you on several shows recently. And this may not seem like much to people, but to me it's something that is incredibly huge. And it really does change my perspective of everything and it's caused me to want to go and revisit all of the original research that got me started on this path. That's what I've been doing a little bit on a few shows lately. You know, and we face a lot of danger from what's coming with the 5G and the smart grid and all the stuff that's coming. But finding this mud flood has really got me intrigued. And it's made me realize just how close we are to freedom and why they are rolling this system out as quickly as they are. Because the implications of there being a very advanced culture that existed on this earth just a few hundred years ago really does change everything. It's an incredibly empowering concept to think about. And a lot of stuff points towards this, folks. When I look at the dates of some of the houses I saw in Holland, the I646 and J646 and dates such as this on houses... Everything seems to have changed around the 1600s and 1700s. I mean, in 1553, the Spaniards invaded the Incas and wiped out the South American civilization. 1582 or something, they changed the calendar, introduced the Gregorian calendar. Then in December of 1600, the East India Trading Company was formed, and they went out and formed the pirates and started wiping out shamanic cultures all around the world. Through the 1600s and 1700s, you've got the Shakespearean Revolution, where the language was changed. 1770 Australia was founded. And even when you look at the concept of the Illuminati, the meeting by Adam Weishaupt and all this sort of stuff, this was in 1773. And the final meeting of that group was in 1776 and the founding of America was in 1776. It all happens around the same time. And around the 16 and 1700s, everything seems to have changed. And we also find this mud flood that has gone right across Europe that no one seems to be talking about. And there's also people that have been sending me emails that I haven't confirmed yet that are saying that traces of such a mud flood can also be found across certain areas in the United States. So the question is, what happened? And how far back does our history go? And what is our real history? Because the time period of our history, circa 1550 to 1800, does really hold a lot of significance. A lot of really weird stuff happened during this period right across the world. A lot of stuff that you wouldn't think was related. But when you look a little deeper, it all seems to be interconnected. But the thing is, what if these dates are even wrong? And what if a thousand years has been added? And what if the dates when these events actually occurred was in between 550 and 800 And what if the date that we are in now is actually the year 1018? And I know that's going to sound really strange to people as well. But the thing is, you know, when I discovered this mud flood and I was sort of led to this information, once I started investigating it and I started searching, I found all sorts of other people that were talking about it as well. And I found all sorts of other people that have been doing similar research to me that I didn't even know about that have all been leading towards this same conclusion. And that's been very interesting as well. I've recently discovered the work of Atoli Fomenko, which I find incredibly fascinating. This is something I hadn't really come across before, folks. It's a book that's written in Russian, and I've just discovered an English copy of it. And it's been quite fascinating to see the timeline of history that he's offered. And the scenario that he suggests and the evidence that he presents to support it is actually quite compelling. And having looked at many of the ruins that I've seen around the world and some of the ancient, sites that I've visited, a lot of them really don't look that old. I mean, that's something that I was struck by when I was there. Even when you go and look at some of the ruins in Egypt, look at some of the ruins in Peru, some of these look very, very fresh. There's very little erosion on many of these stones in these places. And a lot of the architecture really does seem like it was done quite recently, historically speaking. And so when I started looking at this, I began looking at this mud flood and began revisiting some of my own research. It was really quite delightful to find that there were other people who were coming to similar conclusions. And I think that we are on the verge of a huge revelation regarding where we come from, where we've been and what this world is and what has really been going on here for the last few hundred years. I think a lot of stuff is about to be revealed, ladies and gentlemen, and I think, again, that's a lot of the reason why we're seeing this whole 5G smart grid rolled out as quickly as they can roll it out, because they're quite frightened of the awakening process that is happening. A lot of people are really starting to think outside the box these days, ladies and gentlemen, and that's a good thing, and so much information is coming to light now. If we can just set our differences aside and step back and really start to look at things with a wider perspective and down whatever little box of view we've got of reality and really start thinking with an open mind we may find a little bit of clarity is going to come from this situation that might lead to something very very good because clarity is what we need clarity and focus but we've really got to stop giving our attention to this system and stop paying homage and tribute to this system because this system is not serving us it is a fiction and there is so much more going on around us that people simply aren't looking at They're just not noticing because they don't have time to. But I think with the right focus and clarity from the independent media, perhaps we could bring something really good to the sleeping masses out there. But again, we've got to put down our stuff with each other in order to do this. We've got to get a little bit of focus on applying some positive action and some positive steps to finding a way out of this predicament that we are currently in. And, of course, all we're going to have to do to do this, folks, really, is to put down all of our stuff with each other to allow others to think differently and apply some discussion to the narrative rather than argument to the narrative. You know, we've got to be prepared to discuss things with each other rather than arguing and fighting and belittling each other because it's very counterproductive. It doesn't get anywhere. Divide and conquer is the motto, and that's all it ever achieves. You know, so much of the independent media simply isn't open to discussion they adopt a polarised view to begin with, they try make accusations and then cause people to have to defend themselves rather than simply discussing whatever problems that they're perceiving. And that's a real problem we really do need to get over, folks. We've got to develop some communication skills again. But I think we've reached break time here, folks, so I'll leave it there for now. Thank you for joining me on the air today. It's always a pleasure to have your company. I'll be back right to speak to you again in a few minutes.